You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. As for me, I started a new hobby recently. I've been on this health and fitness journey. And uh, for me, for a really long time, I wanted to do wrestling, right? I, I was a wrestler in high school. I was a two-time state champion in wrestling. And I just thought, man, I need to get back into that. Those are the best workouts of my lifetime. And what a fun way to work out. Is there anybody who wants to wrestle me? No, crickets, right? And so was not able to find that. And so I started looking and I found jujitsu. And so over the last three weeks or so, I've been going to jujitsu practice and, uh, and getting my tail kicked around a little bit, okay? It's a very different from wrestling. But, but I tell you this because over the years as a wrestler, right, I had built up some habits and I had built up some things that were good for wrestlers, that made me a good wrestler. Things like using your strength to its full capacity, right? Certain moves that I used, certain things that I did. And uh, as I enter into jujitsu, there's a totally different way about jujitsu that if I use all of my power, the other person can just use my power against me to kick my tail, okay? So there's some adjustments that need to be made. There's some things that need to be done. And there's some mindsets that need to be changed if I'm ever going to be good at jujitsu. I can't go in as a wrestler with a wrestler mindset. I've got to do things a little bit different. And so as I go in every week, I'm prepared that I'm going to lose a lot because it's something new and that's okay. But, but beyond that, I'm prepared to begin to change my mindset, right? I'll begin to uh, make a shift in the way that I'm thinking and the way that I'm processing this new sport of mine because I know if I continue to process it the old way, I'm gonna continue to get bad results. Well, I tell you this story because when it comes to our Christian lives, I'm convinced that there are some things that are pre-programmed in us. There's some things that have been programmed in us throughout our life that we have to unlearn. Just like as a wrestler going into jujitsu, there's some things that I have to unlearn. And if I'm ever going to be good, when it comes to our Christian walk, there's some things that we have to unlearn if we're ever going to walk according to the way that Christ wants us to walk. And as we look at this today, one of those things for us is this idea in our society that the higher you go up, the more things you have, right? We just think, man, if I'm going to be successful, more cars, more houses, more things, more stuff, right? And we just think, man, I just need more stuff in order to be successful, in order to feel like I have things together. I just need more, more stuff. So there's one mindset, right, that we need to unlearn. But the other mindset is this idea that if I'm going to rise to a place of prominence, it means that I don't serve anymore. Other people serve me. Other people are there to wait on me hand and foot. Other people are there to do nice things for me, but I'm not gonna do anything nice for anybody else because I've reached this place of prominence in my life. And it's something that we need to unlearn because it's deeply a part of our society. So today, we're gonna find a better way to live our lives, a better way to live our lives than living this life that says I need more things. This, a better way to live our life than us saying, hey, I'm here to be served and not to serve. A better way to live our life, a better way according to the way that Jesus wants me to live. So today we're going to be in John chapter 13, if you want to turn there with me. And we're going to be spending some time hearing Jesus talk. He's talking this morning about this idea of being a servant. This idea of unlearning some things. This idea of serving others. 
And we're going to begin here in verse 1 as we dive into this passage. It says this, it says, It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So Jesus is meeting in this Passover moment with his disciples. And I want you to just imagine a table setting. They're sitting around the table. They're talking. They're about to have a meal together. And Jesus knows that his time is coming to an end that soon he will be going on the cross, he'll be dying for our sins, that soon he won't have these moments at the table with his disciples in person any longer. And so he's wanting to teach them something significant. He's wanting to say, hey, before I go away, I want to have this moment with you. I want to have this moment where I'm able to teach you something so important, something that I want to stick with you for the rest of your life, something that I want you to to be so ingrained in you that you live it out every single day. And it says the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So we know that Simon, uh, sorry, Judas Iscariot, he betrays Jesus. And at this point, Jesus already knows it. He already knows that it's going to happen. Judas already knows what he's about to do. But in verse 3, it says that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. So let's just pause right here and let's just think about what is happening here. Because what's happening here is we have Jesus, who's the leader of this group. He's the guy who's been teaching them over the last three years everything that he knows. He's been pouring his life into them. They call him rabbi. You know, Simon Peter even said that he's he's Lord, right? That Man, they look at him as their rabbi, their teacher, their Lord. And he is at a place of prominence in their lives. So when Jesus gets up and puts a towel around his waist, they're wondering, what in the world is happening here, Jesus? You're not here to, for us to, you're not here to serve us. We're here to serve you. You're the rabbi. You're the leader. You're the person of prominence in this group. We're here to serve you, not the other way around. But there's a little bit of a problem here. Because what Jesus is about to do that they're recognizing is he's about to wash everybody's feet. And to wash everybody's feet in that day, man, this was the most disgusting thing that you could do. This was the lowest of the low things that you can do. Everybody hated feet. Anybody here hate feet to this day, right? A couple of people. You're like, get those feet away from me, right? Well, in this day, everybody was like that. Every single person thought feet were completely disgusting, right? If you wanted to offend somebody, you showed them the bottom of your feet, okay? That's how you offended somebody in in that day. But as Jesus went around, they're not just normal manicured feet, right? These are these manly feet that have been walking around Jerusalem all day long with sandals on, stepping on who knows what on the roads, disgusting, nasty feet, with weird toenails and all the fungus and all that stuff, right? You know, the Bible doesn't say that, by the way, okay? That's not in the Greek or anything like that. I'm just imagining here that these guys have some pretty ugly feet, okay? And so Jesus is one by one going to these guys' feet and washing them and cleaning them. And these guys are in awe. They're saying, why in the world would Jesus, God in the flesh, wash our feet? Why would he do 
this servant act? Why would he do this thing that only the lowest of the lowest servants do? Why would he do that for us? And they are in awe. And guess who's the one that speaks up about it? Peter. Peter's the one that talks. Peter's the one that puts his foot in his mouth always, that always says something that he shouldn't say. And as we continue here, it says that after that, Jesus poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And when he came to Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And of course, Peter, putting his foot in his mouth, says, no, you will never wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. This is kind of comical here, okay? It's kind of like, Peter's like, okay, Jesus, um, if you really insist on washing my feet, why don't you just give me a full bath instead, right? He's like, wash my hands, wash my head, you know? And Jesus is like, Peter, just chill out. I'm just going to wash your feet like everybody else. Stop trying to be an overachiever, you know? So he, he goes on here and he says, Jesus answered, those who have a bath, who have had a bath, need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. We talked about Judas Iscariot earlier. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. So when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he asked this question, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So what is Jesus teaching his disciples here? There's a lesson here, right? He's teaching his disciples that, that we are to serve one another. He's teaching his disciples. This is the very last lesson, one of the very last things that he teaches these guys. He says, hey, just like I just served you and did something as a servant to be there for you, to help you, I want you to go and do that for each other, and I want you to go and do that for others. I want to be an example for you of how I want you to live in the future. And what an example Jesus said. But Every once in a while, right, you hear of a foot washing service, and I think those are great, but we don't see this often in our culture of Christianity to this day, right? And we wonder why, right? Why isn't it that we're washing each other's feet? Well, washing feet was something that was a part of their culture. It was a part of what they did. They needed to do it because their feet were so nasty and because feet were such a repulsive thing in that culture that they had to do it. But what is it in our culture? What are some ways that we can serve each other? There's some things that are just as significant that we can do, that we can care for each other, that we can go out of our way to serve one another in a big, big way. But I think there's some things that God is teaching us here. As I said before, we're looking for a better way to live our life, a way not like the world would teach us, right, to say, I'm only in a place of prominence if I have more and I have more people serving me. But I think what God is teaching us is that it's better for us to serve rather than focus on being served. It's, ra- it's better for us to serve rather than for us to focus on being served. And for some of us, that's going to be a little bit of a mental shift for us. 
It's going to be hard, right? Because we're used to wanting to be served. But what if we got on the other end of it and we began to look around us in the places that we work, in the places that we live, in the places that we go, and we say, who can I serve today? As, as a follower of Christ, I'm here to be a servant. I'm here at church today to be a servant. Who can I serve? I'm here at work today to be a servant. Who can I serve? I'm here at school today to be a servant. Who can I serve? I'm here today to serve because I'm a follower of Christ. And I think that's the mindset that Jesus wants us to have, right? That in every situation and in every circumstance that we are looking for ways to serve. We're looking for ways to be a help to someone. We're looking for ways to make a difference in the lives of others. It's better for us to serve rather than focus on being served because what can happen is the exact opposite. We show up to places mad because somebody didn't serve us. We show up to places mad because somebody didn't help us. And it goes both ways, right? God is calling us to serve. And I believe that in the midst of you serving others, that others will serve you as well. That God will use that to bless you in return. But the second thing here is it's, it's better for us to serve our enemies rather than punish them. How hard is that? But what we see in this text is we see Jesus washing two disciples' feet, one disciple who he knows is going to deny him three times later on, and one disciple who he knows is going to betray him completely. I don't know about you, but when I got to those feet, right, I'd be punching those feet, right? I'd be twisting those toes, you know? I'd be saying, man, I don't want to wash these feet. These are the guys who are about to betray me. These are the guys who are about to turn their back on me. I don't want anything to do with these guys. I don't want to serve them. I don't want to help them. I don't want to do that. That, that would be my, it'd be easy to have that mindset. But Jesus looks at them and washes their feet, knowing that they're going to betray him, knowing that they're going to turn their back on him. He washes their feet anyways. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment because I want you to really think about the heartache of this. The heartache of this is these men have been with him over the last three years. It's not just a, I met you today, I thought you were my friend and you turned your back on me. No, these are guys that were his bros for three years. They've been living life together. He's been investing in them. They've told them that they love him, that they care for him, that they'll always be there for him. And this moment comes and they turn their back on him and he knows exactly what's going to happen. But what does he do? He washes their feet. He loves them in the midst of their betrayal. He loves them in the midst of their backstabbing. He loves them in the midst of their denials. He loves them. Can we do that? Can we serve our enemies? Can we serve people that don't like us, that talk bad about us? Can we serve people in our world that we know have a problem with us? Can we do that? It's countercultural, it's hard to do, but it's the life Jesus is calling us to live, to love people who don't like us, to serve people who don't like us, to go in that direction. And it's the most difficult thing that you can do, but it's the most Christ-like thing that you can do, to love and to serve people who don't really like you, who don't really care about you, who don't really love you, but that's what Jesus is calling us to do. So what are some of the struggles of doing this? 
not just the struggles of not being a servant, not just the struggles of serving, not just the struggles of loving your enemies and serving your enemies, but what are the struggles that you have with serving, with serving others? I think for one, some of us, we miss the opportunity to serve. So what, what does that mean, Jesse, you miss the opportunity to serve? Well, I think it's easy for us in this world to get so busy that we begin to miss out on opportunities that are all around us, right? There's an opportunity that pops up Suddenly there's somebody that needs help and you are the perfect person to jump in and to help that person. But you are so focused on your schedule and so focused on your to-do list, so focused on getting from point A to point B that you don't even notice them. And you miss out on an opportunity to serve every single day because you are so stinking busy. You are so stinking focused on your life and your life only. We've all been there before. And it's something we need to pay attention to because I believe as Christians, God is going to send people in our path every single day who need help, who need somebody to help serve them, who need somebody to help love them. And if we aren't with our antennas up, focused on who we can help, we're gonna miss out on so many opportunities. We are going to miss out on it. Some don't see the opportunities to serve, but some, they disregard the opportunities to serve. So what does that mean? It means that you see them but you don't care. And we've gotten to this place where we have compassion fatigue, where it's hard for us to be compassionate towards others because there's so much hurt in our world. So it takes a high level of pain for us to even do something about it. It takes a high level of pain for us to even notice. But it's important that we begin to empathize with people to have a play, go from a place of empathy to put ourselves in their shoes and ask ourselves, who can I help today in a small way? Who's dealing with something small that I can help with? And we need to stop disregarding those opportunities because those opportunities matter as well. Some of us grow weary in doing good. And that's the reason that we don't serve. And that's the reason we don't help others because we are tired. We're tired of doing good. And the Bible tells us, hey, don't grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you'll receive a harvest for being faithful. And God is calling each of us, right, in the midst of that weariness, in the midst of that tiredness, to continue to move forward, to continue to be faithful, to continue to do what God has asked us to do. So we find ourselves here weary. And I want to ask the question, why are you weary? Why are you weary in serving? Why are you weary in doing good? And I want to get to this place where you begin to ask yourselves, are my motives in serving correct? If, are my motives in serving right? Because I think in times we get so tired when it comes to servanthood because we are serving for the wrong reasons. We're serving to be noticed. We're serving to be high-fived. We're serving because we want people to look at us and say, wow, I'm serving. Look at me. But our heart needs to be at a place where we serve for the Lord. And if you're still working this out, that's okay, right? We're all working through things. We're all working through things, but I'm telling you, if you serve with the wrong motives, that's the first thing that's wearing you out, right? You're, you're uh, serving from a place of emptiness rather than a place of fullness whenever you serve for Christ. When you serve for Christ, he continues to replenish. He continues to build up. He continues to give you everything that you need. So these are some of the struggles that it comes to us when it comes to serving others and some of the reasons that we don't really do it. Is there a reason for you that you're not serving others? 
Is there something in your life that's keeping you an obstacle from serving others? Well, let's begin to get over that obstacle and let's begin to talk about how we can get started. How can we get started in serving? Well, I think first off, you get started where you are. You get started in your church, in your home, in, at your work. You get started exactly where you are. It's not looking for new opportunities. It's looking for old opportunities that you haven't taken advantage of yet. It's looking for old things that you didn't notice before. Get started where you are. But secondly, use the abilities that you already have. You say, Jesse, I'm not sure what those abilities are. Each of you has abilities that God has given you. You are so talented without even knowing it. God has gifted you. God has provided each of you with gifts and talents and skill sets and personalities and, man, so many different things that he wants you to use for his glory to serve others. He's put a gift in you, and he wants you to use it. I remember years ago, sitting on at a church service in the front row, and somebody asking the question, what is your talent? What is your skill? And me thinking, good question. I have no idea. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm skilled at. I don't know what I could use for the Lord. I don't know. I don't know what that is, God. And that question and not knowing an answer to it, it could put you in a place where you feel like you have nothing to give. And that is a great lie because each of you has something that you can give. Each of you has a way that you can serve God and he wants you to use it. So the next thing is you do what you can. You do what you can. I think a lot of times this overwhelms us because we're trying to solve a worldwide problem by serving. We think, man, if I start serving, I'm I'm gonna change the world. But what if you changed one person's life by serving? What if you changed one person's life? What if every day you change one person's life? Man, eventually that adds up to you changing the world. It makes a difference. So you start small. You do what you can. You stop thinking about the big picture of everything and you start thinking about the little things and the little things add up over time. Imagine if each of us did something small every day to serve somebody, the amount of impact over the course of a year that that would have, it would make a big, big difference. So you do what you can. You start small. You start where you're at. You start with what you have and you go for it but we take it up advantage of the opportunities that are already before us. Take advantage of those opportunities. Well, the last one here is that we remember our reward because when we remember our reward, God will be honored and others will be blessed. You say, Jesse, what's the reward, right? Are you gonna pass out ribbons afterwards? You know, no, no ribbons. Our reward is that God is honored. Our reward is that the kingdom is furthered Our reward is that we are blessed. There's something about serving that every time I talk to somebody who's just served, and I said, how was it back there? It was such a blessing. It was such a blessing. How was it? I I heard you served at your school event this week. Oh, it was such a blessing to see all those kids' smiling faces. It was such a blessing. Man, it, it just gave me so much energy. There's something about using your gifts, something about using your skill sets that brings energy to your life. It brings a smile to your face. It brings joy to your life. God uses it in a powerful way, and God does that as we begin to serve. 
So what are some things that you can begin to do to shift from the old mindset, this mindset that says, hey, you serve me, let me get more stuff, to saying, you know what, I'm here to help and to serve others. I'm here to make a difference in the lives of other people. One of the immediate ways that we can do this here at our church is we've got fall festival coming up. And we're gonna need a lot of people to serve. We're gonna need a lot of people to help. There's a lot of people in our community that we want to help. And what a great opportunity for you to say, you know what, I'm going to apply what we learned here today and I'm gonna do what I can to serve somebody else. I'm gonna go out of my way to love them and serve them and I'm gonna begin in this way. What a great opportunity. There's a sign-up sheet in the back for you to jump in right away and for you to begin to do that. But this week, you're gonna have another opportunity as you go to work on Monday to serve others, to love others. Today, as you go home, you're gonna have an opportunity to serve others and love others in your home. I know that's the hardest place to do it at, right? But that's the place that God is calling us to do it as well. There's so many places where God is calling us to serve and it's time for us to step up and to do it. Because I'm telling you, there's moments when I just do what I just did and I said, hey, there's a sign-up sheet in the back where everybody looks at each other and says, they'll be okay. They're gonna have enough volunteers. I don't need to do it. And you know what happens if everybody does that? Nobody signs up and there's nobody to help. So when it comes to church, right, there's those, but what happens at your work if you have that mindset? Nobody steps up and nobody serves. And there's needs that are unmet because you aren't willing to do it. What happens at home if you have that mindset? There's needs that are unmet because you're not willing to meet those needs. God is calling us to meet needs, to love people. He's calling us to serve well. And when we do that, it makes an impact It makes a huge, huge impact and it changes the world. So let's begin to find the better way and serve him in that way. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.